Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 for Knowledge. I'm George. Hello, I'm Danny. And it is, this week, it is Danny's turn to teach me something brand new that I don't know about that hopefully you've never heard of before. And Danny, where, what are you doing to us today? Oh, good God. So, I know that we said that we wouldn't ever refer back to previous episodes. Yeah. However, in the previous episode, <laughs> you remember the bit where I said, yeah, I'm going to do something about uh, the internet and internet related. I remember. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, it turns out that was a dead end. Oh, who, really? Yeah, who, who would have known that the internet would have a, a dead end in terms of its uh, research and uh, downfall and all that kind of stuff? Did you just find that there was one way to destroy the internet and that was it? It turns out, yeah, so spoiler alert for an episode that will probably never happen. It was going to be, how do you destroy the internet and what would happen afterwards? But uh, one, I couldn't... The info just wasn't that interesting. Yeah. And secondly, I'm pretty sure the FBI is after me now because it's like... Like, one of the articles I read, the first thing it says is, don't do this. <laughs> and I was like, Do not mm. Google this. Yeah, so I was like, I don't know if I should tell all of our listeners how to do this, so this might be a bad idea. So I landed on my backup topic, which was, originally, the idea was, uh, how did we land on the utensils that we use for food? So, so knives, forks, knives, spoons. Forks, spoons. Why are these the things for us Westerners, and why do we use them, and how did we come to them. Uh, and in my research, again, it just turned out to be a bit of a, a, a wild ride for considering it's um, just utensils. But uh, when I started reading, one of the first questions that came up in one of the bits I read was, um, if you were putting something inside your body several times a day, <laughs> wouldn't you want to know where it's been or how it got there? That is a really <laughs> fair point. And, and that's how my research started. And it was very upsetting just to read it like that. So, uh, yes, I went down the rabbit hole of, uh, of our utensils and how we came to eat with these things. I also feel like that that phrase that really grabbed you also is just kind of quite good modern advice. <laughs> like putting things in our bodies, like, you know, make sure you're washing your hands after mm-hmm. doing certain things, you know. Or anything these days, gosh. Or, yeah, just like don't put anything in your mouth yeah. ever. And in fact, and, and in fact, there's some behaviours here that I found out about that we might have to go back to considering this uh, this post in massive quotation marks pandemic world. What so to so we'll go back to how we use certain cutlery. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay. We'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, for just just to boil this down into an easy uh, topic, we're going to go for spoons, knives, and forks. And I was like, oh, I'm sure there's a very coloured history about all of these. Turns out not really. Okay. For most of it, not really. Out of the spoon, the fork, and a knife, and maybe you've already got this from what I told you outside of the podcast when I'm not meant to tell you, uh, which do you think came first? I actually have no idea. So the options are fork, knives, or spoons. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with what came first. I'm going to say a knife mm-hmm. because... We've been using knives to kill things for a long time. Yep. I don't actually know if that's the right answer. Oh, okay. (laughs) What I can tell you is that spoons and knives came way earlier than forks. Okay. So uh, it turns out uh, we've been using spoons since like the Paleolithic era, prehistoric era. Like you said, using a giant sharp stick to, you know, kill a mammoth or whatever it is our folks did back then. Um, And the options because there were options, uh, came down to uh, stabbing a thing or scooping up a thing. And that's how spoons and knives first got developed. Is that, That's what our prehistoric ancestors started with. So, hold on. So going back to... It's, it's already... Neanderthal, yeah. Neanderthals, basically, we've been using spoons since Stone Age times. A spoon's probably a very... Um, 
generous way to call it. Uh, it was essentially a scoop. So anything to scoop up a liquid yeah. uh, would be considered your, your first spoon. Um, and the options were because different pe- people in different places use yeah. different uh, materials for this. Um, the two that were kind of uh, most used were either shells, like seashells. Cool. Or, or, you know, something that, you know, it makes sense. It's like seashell, it's rounded, it's got a curve in it. You can scoop up a decent amount of liquid with it. I mean, that's a really fancy bowl. That's great. Essentially, I would yeah. love to use if a you could giant find seashell as my A giant bowl. seashell or, or, or a very small seashell if you want to only give yourself minor water poisoning or whatever it is we did back <laughs> then. Um, so, yeah, so that was one option, seashells. The other option, for some reason, was chips of wood. Chips of wood? Yeah. Wood chips. And I don't know if our ancestors who did that survived. Okay. And led to us being who we are today. Or if those are the ones that just died off. Because to be honest, between a seashell, which is nice and smooth and kind of shaped for the purpose, versus a chunk of wood that has splinters in it and probably bugs and things like that, I was like, this doesn't sound like the best idea. They either didn't survive the evolutionary process <laughs> or it gave us the great immune systems that we have today. Exactly. And it, only you just saying that has made me realise that essentially a spoon is a tiny bowl. Yeah. It, 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 you start I've to... never had that thought before until now. <laughs> you start to have a bit of an existential crisis like, this isn't a spoon, it's just a very small bowl. <laughs> We've been lied to our whole lives. <laughs> Could you imagine your parents saying that to you? You don't need a spoon, just use a big bowl. But now I'm thinking like... It's a bit of like a, just like it screws your mind. You're like thinking you're having a bowl of cereal mm-hmm. in a bowl mm-hmm. and, and you're eating a, it. You're, using, little... a very, you're even using an even smaller bowl to eat your bowl of cereal. Yeah, it's, it, it makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't, I'm, I, I, it's making me think. Imagine, I, imagine, I don't like where it's going. Imagine the crisis I had when I was researching this and I was like, dear God. The bowl is a spoon! <laughs> but it's kind of like with my um, children, I freak them out when I say that a rectangle is a square. <laughs> what? A rectangle is a square. Is it? No, okay. sorry, other way around. The square is a rectangle. Okay, right, I was going to say, isn't a square like it has to have even sides? Every side has to be yes. even for it to be a square. But it's still a rectangle. Okay. If you... mm. Yeah, because <laughs> okay. a rectangle is any shape with four sides. Okay. <laughs> so a square is a rectangle, but it's just a rectangle with even sides. Similarly, how a spoon is basically a bowl. Yeah. These... I don't know if I agree with your teachings, but... <laughs> It's a fact. It's a fact, okay. I'll do an, I'll do an I'll episode on quadrilaterals, don't worry. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, but like, I feel like just that small nugget of information has like blown my mind. So like my, my mind is open, third eye open, I'm good to go. <laughs> it gets really boring. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> so, the, so yeah, so spoons and knives were early to the game. Knives, fascinatingly enough, I thought they just descended from swords. I thought someone was just there with a big sword and was like, hey, no, it would be awesome. A small sword. Yeah, like descending from swords. Yeah, exactly. Uh, turns out, no. It turns out the thing that uh, people use as a sharp utensil back in the day started with hand axes uh so hand axes were the thing that yeah i don't know i don't know for some reason this is how it started it started with the hand axes that you would start with chopping trees and attacking your enemies and it it moved from that to using it to chop so you would chop meat chop vegetables with an axe a, a little hand axe i just had this idea in my head of just like this viking guy bearing in mind i assume that forks were invented at this point it's like in one hand he has like a tiny bowl, which is a spoon. And um, in his other hand, he just had this hand axe <laughs> sat at the dinner table, just like slamming pieces of meat with his axe, eating yeah. it with the spoon. And from what I read, they didn't really have the dinner axe and the wood axe. It was just the axe. 
And so you'd go out and chop wood all day and then use that same axe to then chop up your veg and your meat and... Honey, can you honey. cut up the hog? <laughs> Don't use the kitchen axe. Use the hand axe. Um, so, so is yeah. there any instances of someone using the wrong axe in the wrong situation? Ch- well, 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 there can't be, can there? Because there's only the one axe. Oh, that's you, true. You don't, you don't, there's no specialization of... They didn't have habitat that then? No, you, no, you didn't have that. You didn't have your Ikea grade, you know, basic hand, hand axe. Axes. You didn't have your moving into your first apartment by yourself hand axe. You just had the axe. Could you imagine we lived in a world, because I know you, I've seen you can buy for one day when I move into a house of my own, you can buy, like, starter packs for people that have, like, all of the things they need in a new home. Imagine we still lived in a beautiful age where, like, you have your, like, John Lewis starter pack and it's just, like, knife, no, fork, spoons, <laughs> plates and your hands your up, hand, hand axes for all your cutting needs. Your hand axes, it's just, it's just how it was. Let's bring it back. So, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the start of, kind of the start of Knives. Kind of the spot start of uh, spoons. Spoons, it turns out, were actually like nobility only kind of thing up until the 14th century. Wow. Because they were made out of like precious materials, like precious metals, you know, anything that was, um, anything that the poor couldn't get their hands on. But in, in, at some point in the 14th century, pewter became the material of choice for crafting these things. So it became cheap. And then the masses were allowed to have yeah. spoons. Good for them. They now get spoons. <laughs> they no longer have to, you know, boil broth and use their hands to, and stick their hands into the boiling broth pot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I suppose you would just drink from the bowl or drink from the big <laughs> I think spoon. they just poured it back then. They were just like, ah, oh, fuck it. It's, just, it's going to kill you no matter what you do. So yeah. like whether you eat it or whether you burn yourself alive with it, it's you're, you're dead. I mean, terrible time to be alive anyway, 14th century. Absolutely the worst. Wouldn't recommend it. Wouldn't recommend it at all. Uh, so those were those two things. Did, did you did you watch the first Ninja Turtles film? Like the first one, like back in the early nineties. Uh, yeah, a long time ago. Do you yeah. remember that scene? You know, um, Casey, Probably the guy with the five. You, see, you remember the guy with the hockey mask, and he like uses like a yeah. like a sometimes he uses yeah, a knife, sometimes stick. he uses a hockey stick. Do you remember when they go to hide? He was cool. Yeah, he was well cool. But do you remember when they go to hide in that farm in that ranch or whatever where they, where they have to like recover after being attacked? Mm, maybe. Well, there's a bit where he's just chopping vegetables with I think Leonardo's sword. Perfect. That's all I can picture when yeah. it's like, okay, every household was doing that up until the Middle Ages or whenever, the fucking, whenever they got it. On the topic of uh, axes having multiple uses and uh, being used for the wood, being used for food and being used to cut down your enemies, it turns out... <laughs> <laughs> so versatile. <laughs> so versatile. Uh, it turns out uh, when we get to the Middle Ages, it was somewhat customary. I think it was mostly for the nobility, but I think other people did it as well, uh, to basically carry around your own utensils. It wasn't standard practice for you to go to a person's house and for them to have utensils for you. So you would normally just have a carry case with your utensils in it. So you would rock up to someone's house, be like, what are we eating? And then dramatically pull out your case with like, these are my axes or knives and forks or whatever. Um, but with <laughs> as with hand axes, it turns out the knives that people used for, for food would also use it for fighting. Because, again, talking about how the Middle Ages weren't really a time to, you know, be around in, uh, fighting would be quite common. Just like in the street, people just pull out knives or whatever. So so you'd be ready for a meal and you'd always be ready for a fight. You'd always be ready for a fight. Nice. Because, remember, these aren't like civilised knives. These are kill people knives and in your spare time, you use them to eat. I have, I'm sure there must have been at least 
a couple of times when someone killed someone with a knife and then sat down to eat with it. Oh, immediately just went about their day and continued their meal, 100%. Yeah. It reminds me of that bit in Friends when there's, like, the cheesecake falls on the floor mm-hmm. and they're, like, looking for the good bits and then Joey's just, like, immediately ready with his cutlery. This, that. this is one of those things where I'm like, I wonder if uh, in the future, say other horrible things happen in the future and we're like, we all have to be absolutely on top of our game when it comes to cleanliness and sterilization and stuff. And like over plastic use as well. And all these things where someone will, do, where people will just be like, screw it, I'm just bringing my utensils to the dinner party. Yeah. So, and then I, I wonder if, if that's a thing that could ever come back. Well, I think, I think there's would, like... Would a, you love your own little personalized cutlery uh, set? I mean, I don't know if I would go that far unless <laughs> I absolutely had to. I, I, I trust other people's cutlery too. I understand that you know, plastic knives and forks and spoons and things like that are a massive issue. And I I have like a metal drinking straw, which you know, I take travelling with me. I don't necessarily go around to cocktail bars with my metal drinking straw. I would though. <laughs> 100% I would, yeah, 100% would. Um, and normally I just wouldn't ask for a straw at all. So, I, I mean, like, it's not too dissimilar, I think. But I, I guess it's like, you know what was the purpose of that for them carrying it around themselves? Was, yeah. it, was it just a wealth thing? It was all like, you can't guarantee it was that everyone's going to have like, an, uh, you know, meat axe and a spoon ready to go when you get there. It was just the expectation at the time. Fair. Like, you know how, I mean, I didn't discover this until too late, mm. but you know, when you like go to a person's place and they, you know, made dinner or whatever, you're meant to bring something, right? Usually like a bottle of red or something. Bottle yeah. of red, some chocolates or whatever. That's just standard etiquette at this point. Standard etiquette back then, seemingly, wasn't to provide cutlery to your guests. It was like, come over for dinner, bring a fork. <laughs> yeah. And and that was it. And if you didn't bring a fork, it's like, well, you don't eat then. I think we have to trial this as a, at a dinner party. <laughs> and uh, No, no, it's okay. I brought my own. <laughs> is that, no, is that, no I mean, you, you had to, because that was what the invite said. Um, I feel like we should like put it in like really small print, though, and see what happens. Anyways, on the topic of uh, safe safe eating. Right, here we go. Um, as I mentioned, these knives were super, super dangerous. They were meant to kill a man in you know, one stroke and then eat your steak afterwards. So it wouldn't be until the 17th century when this behaviour would change because of King Louis XIV. Oh, yes, we're getting we're getting deep into into the royal side of things. So it turns out that actually, uh, I'm going to mention this one, one or two more times, that uh, kind of royal behaviour, back then it kind of set behaviour for everyone else. All the 100%. things that they... Like the things that they decreed or the things that they decided on would kind of, you know, filter down to uh, the common folk. High society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had uh, King Louis the Fourteenth of France and he had his advisor. I'm going to turn and look at a screen to be able to pronounce this guy's name properly. Good luck. Cardinal Richelieu. Why do I keep choosing French subjects? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it happens. Everything happened in France, to be fair. Uh, Cardinal Richelieu. Uh, and he suggested, he was the one who suggested round-tipped knives. Round-tipped knives. So, I understand with you. You ever thought of, You never thought about it before? No. Hey, all our knives, they're good for cutting. They've all got rounded edges. Yeah. None of them have sharp tips. They've all got very, very blunt round Danny, tips. I'm going to be very frank with you, very honest with you. <laughs> I've literally never thought about that <laughs> in my life. Me neither, until until this very day. What? Why is it a thing? Because the Cardinal felt that having sharp-tipped knives was encouraging violence. He <laughs> wanted a safe environment to eat in. This is after, I believe this is after like the Enlightenment and everything, where they were like, mm. we must be better men. Uh, and they were like, we can't just have fighting knives at dinner. We need to have rounded knives. This, I, is, this is how it is. That is 
incredible. <laughs> but imagine living in an era, imagine living within a time when that was like a genuinely real threat. Mm-hmm. So you feel like, you, you felt like you had to do something about that by rounding off the tip of the knife. I don't go to many, to many dinner parties, um, especially anymore. But uh, even the modern day civilised dinner party, I still think sometimes, oh, what nonsense is going to come up? What drama is going to be kicked off? Mm. Who's going to drink too much and cause a scene? And how am I going to escape? All that kind of stuff. Imagine all that, but with knives. Imagine like, do you know how some people have like really horrible Christmases? Yeah. Like really horrible, like family dinners, like family feuds. It always comes up like once a year. That kind of Billy Elliot Christmas where people just burst into tears. Yeah, exactly. I know there's like a belligerent uncle or, you know, there's like a feud comes up. Does it make it better or worse? Have knives. Have sharp knives. (laughs) Get the knives away from the children. (laughs) The children are just death threatening. Take the children out of the room, lock the doors. (laughs) Let's end this. See you next Christmas. Nah. <laughs> so, so rounded knives, which is a kind of standard practice now, came from the French high society yeah, French trying royalty. to stop fights at dinner tables. I don't know about necessarily trying to stop fights at dinner tables. Sorry, more murder like a, yes. at dinner tables. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a cheeky bit of grievous bodily harm. I don't know if it was specifically for to stop fighting, but it was kind of like in general, like less violence, like showing yeah. that this is um, more refined, yeah. more cultured, more fine. French. More French. More French, for yeah. lack of a better word. Civilised. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, coincidentally, this kind of is where forks kind of come into the fray. Because if you don't have a sharp-tipped knife, you no longer have a thing to stab your steak with. So now you need another utensil to pick up your food. Okay. <laughs> so so this guy with the rounded knives, he was... He, he, he saw a hole, or he mm-hmm. saw a problem, and he fixed it. But then it led to this new issue... Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's not like he invented a fork or anything. The forks were late to the party, but he didn't invent the forks. It just so happened that forks started to become more in favour thanks to this uh, turn of events. So the fork, uh, like I said, was relatively late to the game and getting to the table. <laughs> it's so much better than how to destroy the internet. <laughs> I swear to God. So, so spoons have been there since prehistoric times, you know, people trying to scoop up the last bit of clean water before a mammoth ran you over or whatever. <laughs> Knives have been around since people had sharp sticks and axes and yeah. trying to uh, take each other out. Forks came late to the party because the majority of uh, eating was covered by those two things. You're either scooping a thing or you're stabbing a thing. Right. You don't need to be all hoity-toity and have a thing in between that's, that, you know, creates a problem that isn't there. Mm. Uh, and But forks were... <laughs> Sorry, in my head, I, I keep giggling because I am re- I'm really listening, but I just like I've just got a joke in my head, and I'm just like waiting for a moment to say it. Not not I'm just I'm waiting for the perfect moment mm-hmm. to say it. Okay, um, <laughs> it's like it's really immature, and it's probably not worth it at Go all. For it. But like it, it's it's not now's not the time. Oh no, okay. But like I'm just you're, like you're prepped ahead of time. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to hold it in. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Well, well, now we get to our bit of a black horse of a cutlery item, which okay. is uh, the fork. I don't know if that's the right word. I don't know what a black horse is in, in terms of context. Black sheep. Is it black sheep? Kind of like the odd one out. The underdog. The black Something sheep like. is the, black sheep is the let's, uh, let's odd go one out. out. I'll just call it a fork or fork item. Fork you, uh, Fork. <laughs> fork me. Um, that's all I was waiting for, by the way. Oh, that was, was it. That's it. Was that, was that it? Was yeah, that the whole it. thing? It was not worth it. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I didn't mean I to derail. I think the timer worked out well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't do mean to derail the show. Um, so fork, the fork was the like fork. a bit of a black sheep of the cut, the cutlery family. So the the fork shape itself, I'm going to try really hard not to laugh every time I say fork and mm. forking something or whatever. Because um, we're meant to be trying to keep this at PG rating. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's why fork works so well. <laughs> so uh, fork or fork-like item, uh, you know, they've been around since the ancient times because they were pictured in things like ancient gods, Pose- uh, Poseidon's trident, that kind of stuff. So the shape had been around. Of course, yeah. yeah. Is yeah. his trident like the oldest fork ever? I... It's not even real. It's what... <laughs> It's mythological. It's famously no, no, no. fiction. But but but, but uh, um, you know the 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 picturing of it and like the yeah, it's an ancient image. Isn't it, it? It's an ancient image. So from ancient Greece, uh, it was a thing, and so the shape had always been there. So in ancient Greece, people use what in all the research they never called it a fork. They call it a fork-like tool. Fork-like tool. Fork-like tool. As if they're not allowed to call. It's just a fork or something. But the biggest, uh, the the common origin of this is that similar to how the other, kind of like how Big Spoon started, where it was a thing where you had a giant boiling pot of broth, mm. this horrific food that, again, probably kills you after, you know, two bites or whatever. You, it's a giant pot. You can't just go in there with your hands like a lunatic. You have to have a big utensil to deal with it. So that's where Big Spoons came from, just pour you know like spinning that about so the first fork or fork like tools were giant almost like um think like a carving fork you know like when you stab a turkey mm. at christmas and you have to like hold it down to like cut it up or whatever Th- those are the first forks because they used them to get food out of boiling pots almost like a like two-pronged skewer two-pronged skewer like you would exactly. use that at a barbecue exactly that kind of thing was the first instance a fork like of a fork like tool fork like tool so that was uh in greece and that's like how- in the nine circles of hell when the uh the chef boys Mm-hmm. would, like, stir the gunk. Exactly, exactly. With their fork at all. Good callback. Thanks, man. So that's how it got started. Mm. And then, um, but the lowly fork itself wouldn't be accepted at the dinner table. So everyone felt that the spoon and the knife and your bowl, I guess, covered all of it. And they were like, we don't need no fork. Fork off. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of got stuck in my throat as I was saying. That's a really good way to say it. Fork off. We don't need a fork. Like, um, cool. And so, what, what was what was the? I mean, maybe you're about to ask this question. What was the beef behind? Uh, I'm, I'm about to get. Sorry, into it. I was going to ask what was the beef behind having a fork on the table? It sounds just like a, an advantage. I'll, I'll I'll get into it, but it was almost like uh, especially if you need to kill your enemy. Yeah, <laughs> at the table, <laughs> can't kill your enemy with a fork. I've got a knife uh, and a big spoon made out of wood. Apparently. Um, so, yeah, so people felt that, like, with a spoon and a knife, you had everything you needed to do. And everything else was done by hand. Okay. So, and I think you mentioned this on a potential topic that you have, where, you know, you mentioned medieval people ate off, like, um, stale bread. I mean, spoilers, Danny. Spoilers, but yeah, stale bread was involved, a spoon was involved, a knife was involved, and the rest was done by hands. Uh, and I have a question here. Have you ever eaten a thing with your hand that you're not meant to eat with your hand? I mean, that's a, that's a difficult question to answer. Because, I, I mean, like, when I say, I mean, I'm not talking about, like, hamburgers or hot dogs or whatever. Like, something where you're like, I probably shouldn't have eaten that with my hands. Well, so, I know a lot of cultures, like, eating with your hands is very normalised. Um, when I visited uh, Sri Lanka a few years ago, I ate a lot of food with my hands. Okay. And it was, like, a really nice thing, actually, like, to be, like connected with like the textures and the flavors of food and stuff and food is prepared 
uh, in Shang particularly, like with with the temperature in mind, mm-hmm. because they knew oh, you're okay. going to be so, eating so, so, with your hands. So they're not there, like like serving it boiling hot and telling exactly, you to eat hands, exactly. No, exactly. So it's like it's meant to be. I mean, it's like rice and and curries and things, but they're not going to burn you. You're mm-hmm. meant to eat them with your hands and use like different foods as receptacles for what you're eating. Um, so I think I I don't think there's probably anything we could say that shouldn't be eaten with your hands. <laughs> But, like, the weirdest thing I could think of would be, like, I don't know, trying to eat, like, a fried egg with your hands. Dear Lord. That'd be a bit weird. That probably would, wouldn't would be ideal. Straight, straight from the frying pan and everything. Yeah, that wouldn't be ideal. <laughs> and it'd also just be a bit, like, limp and soggy. Ew. Yeah. Not nice. Not nice. Um, I was going to say, the only time I've uh, eaten something with my hands where, where I was like, I probably shouldn't be doing this was... Uh, this, being a descendant of Filipino folks, uh, eating rice with your hands is quite normalised, uh, as you mentioned, like saying you said with Sri Lanka. Um, and I remember being as a child, uh, I loved the idea of eating rice with my hands because it yeah. always felt like I. Because I think my mum said, "Don't do that." <laughs> Even though she's Filipino, she's like, "No, you have a spoon. Just use a spoon." But because I was a kid, I was like, "Yeah," and just, like, <laughs> went, just went to town with with my hands on it. Um, so yeah, so but that's how a lot of people. Uh, but that's how. Food was dealt with back in the middle uh, middle ages or medieval times before the fork uh, properly got introduced. So, in comes the fork. I like to picture it as kind of a, a WWE match where knife and spoon have been fighting for like an hour and they're both knackered, and then out of nowhere, fork comes running in with like like you hear fork's music. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my For whom the belters? <laughs> and, and fork's just like striding in, just like whatever. Oh my god! He's here. <laughs> So the fork. By the way, I'm I, I'm I'm going to mention sources, and I'll I'll provide sources in the links and all that stuff. The the source I used, um, I think it was from uh, Slate.com, was where I got a bunch of this information from, and I loved it because the description of forks and <laughs> and and what happened and the events that happened, they just wrote it so beautifully. Mm. And uh, one of the ways that they wrote it. So the way they talked about forks was that forks started to make inroads during the eighth and ninth century, <laughs> like, like as if the fork has is like on a mission and is like trying to like break the stronghold of other utensils or something. It's like some sort of celebrity. Yeah, it's some, like, like UK musician. <laughs> I'm going to crack America. The forks started making inroads, and yeah, so it started off uh, in the eighth and ninth century. Oh yeah, it started off in Persia, of all places. So for some reason in Persia, forks were more accepted. I guess they were more progressive in Persia in the 9th century. So this is something that was interesting. Um, in the 11th century, in, uh, in in the Byzantine Empire, is it Byzantine or Byzantine? Uh, Byzantine, Byzantine, yeah. Byzantine? Yeah. Byzantium. Yeah, Byzantium, so yeah. I'm going to say Byzantium because it's a really cool word. So back in the 11th century Byzantium, nice. the usage of forks was uh, seen as a bit iffy. It was seen as a bit of a, hmm, using a fork, are we? What is... <laughs> As in, like, I, I don't know what the, uh, I don't, what, what's being implied by that? Like, you're a bit snooty, or like, you're a bit up too up yourself? Yeah. So, uh, as I mentioned... Oh, look at you, yeah. using a fork. Kind of, kind of. You snob? Yeah. Oh, God. You heretic. You heretic. Um, I, actually, that's not far off from where, where we're about to go with wow. this. Wow. So, uh, so the forks were being used in uh, Byzantium. Uh, they made their way west during the 11th century when a Byzantine, 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 when a Byzantine, when a, when a Byzantine princess married the, the Doge, the Doge, the Doge of Venice. Doge. Uh, it's Doge, I think. Doge. Doge of Venice. Yeah. I've been to Venice twice. Okay. 
Oh, come on. One of them was with me. That doesn't count. Yeah, that one didn't count. <laughs> we did the zero second learning. Time, the second time I learned something. did zero <laughs> learning in Venice. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the so, doge of Venice. The doge of Venice. So, so a Byzantine princess marries the doge of Venice, right? Nice. Uh, and with her, she brought a two-tined gold fork. So two tines. So the tines are the little pricky things that stick out of a fork. Prongs? Prongs. But they apparently they're called tines or teens, whatever it is. <gasps> That's how do you, how would you spell it? T-I-N-E. T-I-N-E, right. Yeah. Tines, yeah, okay. So Tines. Um, oh, so the, the official name... Of a prong air quote. Shh, shh. That's my echo. Shh. <laughs> the, the official name of the prongs of fork are Tines. Tines. Or okay. Teens. Or Teens. Uh, let's say Tines. Let's say Tines, just to, tines. So, so, to not get confused. T-I-N-E-S. Yes. Okay. Uh, so she brought a two-tined gold fork with her uh, to eat fruits preserved in syrup and sugar known as suckets. Oh, delicious. I know, it sounds so ostentatious. Doesn't it? I'm um, just like, I, I want to be here. But aren't they just essentially Machino cherries? Uh, probably, Pres- yeah. yeah. But, I mean, come on, this is like a thousand years ago, so people would like, ooh, yeah. what's that? What's in your giant jar? Like, just like <laughs> lush apricots, and she's just there with her tiny fork. So she's the one who kind of starts to introduce these things uh, and move them, move it further west. I love that, the little spread of culture through marriage, like countries yeah. coming together, sharing the different cultures and stuff. That's wicked. Not everyone was a fan. Oh, man. So when I said, uh, when I was, when you said the word heretic, not far off. <laughs> you said the word heretic, oh, oh, I didn't. Did I, say? Um, I, I said a bit up itself and you jumped to, <laughs> you heretic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's a marriage. You've got two cultures coming together. It's a time of celebration. Yeah. People are eating suckets. You know, it's just, it's just a good time all around, right? Suck it and Suck see it. you Suck never... <laughs> <laughs> was that an old advert? No, it's like in Sea Arctic Monkeys. Oh, was it? Oh, uh, okay. Great. No, I was thinking of uh, an old uh, medication advert where it was a, like a lozenge thing when people used to have coughs. Oh yeah. And and the, had, you must have seen it. It's from like the mid nineties. And like and and the advert would end with a, a very manly guy, topless, showing off a six pack, being suck it and see. Ah, <laughs> maybe that's where the Arctic Monkeys got the title for the song from. I think so. Probably. Probably. Let's do an episode about them. <laughs> what, about the topless guy? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, uh, everyone's happy. They're all enjoying. They're all having suckets. It's, it's a good old time. Uh, except there's one guy called uh, St. Peter Damien. And he's described as a hermit and an aesthetic. As- aesthetic? I'm having a lot of trouble with my words today. But basically, he's seen as a bit of a, a eccentric, right? Okay. Um, but a godly eccentric. Godly eccentric. Well, right. well the guy w- was uh, given saintdom, apparently, so... Ordained uh, later, obviously. Or, <laughs> yeah, not at the time. At the time, they're like, eh, you're a bit, nah, you're a bit, you're a bit weird. A bit weird. Uh, but he criticised uh, the, the princess for what seemed to be excessive delicacy. I'm sorry, you are a hermit. <laughs> you live in... Are there any forests in Venice? No, there aren't. We've been there, famously. We've been there. Um... <laughs> No, like, you're a hermit, you live in a forest, like, you can't, you don't, like, come in judging people, like, bringing some... On their their wedding day? Like, what do you, like, you're... dick. In the forest, (laughs) like, fair enough, get back in touch with nature and God, and whatever you want to do, but, like, what are you using to eat? Yeah, he's just just there with his hands, like, like, you know, snooty people. He's being, like, a Neanderthal, using, like, tree bark as a plate, like... (laughs) Like, there is, like, you have no leg to stand on, mate, is what I'm saying. No, but um, but because you had a bunch of quotes for um, the Nine Circles of Hell, I thought it'd be fun to have some quotes. So, first, oh yes, please. First quote. Uh, this is from Saint 
This is from St. Peter Damien talking about this. So this know, is Hermit Man, judgmental this is, Hermit Man. This right. is Captain Hermit. What does he have to say? Uh, he says, uh, this is describing the, uh, the princess. Uh, Such was the luxury of her habits that she deigned not to touch her food with her fingers, but would command her eunuchs to cut it up into small pieces, which she would impale on a certain golden instrument with two prongs and thus carry it into her mouth. So what I love is that out of everything there, out of her being a princess, having eunuchs and using a fork, it's the fork that gives him beef. It's the fork where he's like, oh, that's just not on. Forget being a princess, forget having yeah. eunuchs feeding you. No, but a fork, the fork I will not stand for. And, uh, and uh, you know, the way he describes it, he, it makes it does, it does sound very lavish and like, fair enough, you're eating with your hands. That's like, you know, culturally appropriate and, you know, it's a good thing to do and people love eating that way. Lots of questions around <laughs> why why their servants are eunuchs, but like, you know, different times, 11th century. different strokes, different folks, you know, 11th century, whatever. <laughs> But yeah, it does seem a bit like you're getting he was, hung up on the wrong thing there. He 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 wasn't he he wasn't like the common voice at this point. So even back then, he was still seen as eccentric, and sometimes people were a bit like, "Oh, that's a bit strong." But Let's talk about the slavery. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the golden no, plate. No, no, no. Apparently, eunuchs and slavery was you know totally socially acceptable back, back acceptable back then. But yeah. forks, no, no, no. Um, and he had another quote. I think uh, I can't. I don't know if this is from him or from someone else. But another quote of the event. Um, they were talking about how it basically flies in the face of God to use a fork. <laughs> but what? What, just, what is the? What's the reason behind it's that? It's seen as purely decadent. Was, yeah, it's purely decadent. It's just like, why do you need a fork? We have everything we already it's like, need. It's like avarice. It's it's too yeah. much. That's so I mean, interesting because we just have like, <laughs> do not have that relationship with forks now. Another another comment that got made, another quote from the time, uh, was mentioning the religious aspect. So it's God in His wisdom has provided man with natural forks, His fingers. Uh, <laughs> therefore, it is an insult to Him to substitute artificial metal forks for them when eating. Do you know what? Yeah, again, what century is this? Eleventh. Uh, so okay, eleventh century. The world is still a very small place for these people. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you just took this person, I mean, so many things that we have now would blow this person's mind anyway. <laughs> but this guy, St. Peter Damon, actually did have one other weird quote, which I'll get to. But yeah. But I was just like, what? I just, yeah, fair enough. Like, God has given us hands, but God's also given us cancer. <laughs> and God has also appendices given. Appendices that just randomly blow up. Appendices that are like bits of our body that for some people just decide to like give up, don't work. <laughs> You know, like, yes, God gave us hands, mm-hmm. but we've also had to, like, do a lot of things of ourselves to to, to give us more than 40 years of life. There, there's no there's no pic. I was about to say photos. Obviously, there's no photos of a guy from the 11th century, but there's no pictures of this guy. So I don't know if he just like ran around naked, like being angry at people for using clothing. <laughs> but, um, but, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, so, so you know, he, he's this absolute... Loser. You're wearing a robe, you heretic! <laughs> <laughs> um, he was considered a bit of an oddity at the time. Uh, and then the last bit, or one of the last two bits I'll say about this guy. Um, unfortunately, the princess did die of plague, like, later on in life. Um, and this guy, being the classy gentleman that he is, uh, said that it was punishment from God for her vanity, for using a fork. <laughs> I'm, I'm, do you know, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it out there. St. Peter Damien can go, he's a, he's a dick. He can go do one. He can go bloody do one. I love how he's like, attacking this, like, one random princess mouth. Well, you have to remember, she's the one who's introducing it. So it's almost like the influence that this will yeah. have on everyone else. So it's not like everyone's using a fork and he picks her. And how rude. 
huge. Like, go, like <laughs> you've like all of your congregants, if you have any, are dying of plague as well. And yeah. does that, I, I would love to know if St. Peter Damien died of the plague. Well, unfortunately, uh, I've got no word on when or how he died. I'm gonna. Um, I'm, that's gonna be a dark I, I might day. Find out. Let's find out. I might find out. Uh, and the last bit I'll say about this uh, Saint Peter Damien about being a bit of a lunatic. Um, he also <laughs> condemned the first grammarian. So, as, as in a person who like sorts out grammar. Yeah. So he he condemned the first grammar, grammarian as the devil. So that kind of gives you an idea of what this guy thinks about people. It's like what using. Yeah. Sentence structure, get out. Yeah. Like, yes. Learning. <laughs> Improvement. So he he was strong in his opinion, but he wasn't the only one with this opinion. Okay. There was general hostility to the idea of using forks. Uh, and it had a bit of an image problem, namely because who uses a pitchfork? The S- devil. Satan himself. Satan himself. It's, this is like <laughs> blowing my mind again, it this episode. absolutely ridiculous to say like people didn't want to use a fork because the devil used a pitchfork and it's just strange that our last mainstream episode was obviously the nine circles of hell Mm -hmm. what a weird coincidence yeah and so they shared the name pitchfork and fork so that's why my theory is that people didn't want to call it a fork because they were like it's the devil's word yeah 100 percent. it's the devil's utensil um and so people didn't want to use it so yeah i had this image problem of being a decadent piece of equipment that's got the same look and representation as the devil's primary Imagery of the devil, yeah. Um, And people felt that you didn't need it. Like, eating habits back in the Middle Ages didn't require the use of a fork. That's fascinating. And it's seen only as a decadent thing that only the rich and heathenistic would use. So essentially, if you use a fork, you're a Satanist. Essentially, yes. Um... So that's how it. That's how the journey started. That is absolutely insane, <laughs> and it's also just completely wild how much like religion just affects everything. Yeah, it had I'm a sure... massive pullback then as well. Yeah, exactly. And I just imagine that the image that we have now and even back then of the devil with a pitchfork probably just comes from an artist's interpretation oh, of yeah, the totally. devil. It's probably nowhere in the Bible where it says, like, the devil has a pitchfork. I haven't read the Bible lately, so I don't know if they... I mean, in. don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the forks had quite a bit of a journey from Persia to Byzantium, but the Byzantine Empire... I'm, I'm just going to butcher that. For, thankfully, we're moving away from that, and now I can just... We're moving to, away from the Byzantine we're, Empire. We're moving now. away from the Byzantine Empire. We're now moving to the 1500s. Great. Where another marriage is going to further spread the use of forkage. I love it. It's like this weird spouse's <laughs> tale. You see how much everyone's just forking. Everyone is just non-stop forking across the country. Um, so this latest marriage uh, was between uh, Catherine de Medici from Italy, who was scheduled to wed the future king of France, Henry II. Can I interrupt you for one second? Mm-hmm. I also love that these countries that we're talking about, particularly like France and Italy, who seem to be like, caught up in this history. All great places with food. Oh, yeah. And famous for their food. Massively. So, yeah. So, um, so, sh- so that's Italy. That's uh, Catherine de' Medici uh, going to marry the future king of France, Henry II. And as you guessed, as you might have guessed, she brought a load of forks with her because France was desperately in need of forks, I guess. Um, so she brought a load of forks with her. Was that part of the dowry? <laughs> I've got three <laughs> wheelbarrows set- full of forks several. ready for you. I've got so many forks, you won't only believe it. Um... <laughs> The devil, yeah! <laughs> so, at this point in time, there were two 
there are two types of forks because we're talking about hedonistic sinners. Mm. Obviously, hedonistic sinners need many kinds of forks for all their hedonism. Of course, uh, so a two, fork for every occasion. <laughs> so there are two primary ones. We're still we're still not even at proper forkage yet. We're still not at modern day forkage. Okay. The two types were the long two pronged ones that were used to like hold large chunks of meat and mm-hmm. cutting all that kind of stuff. And the second one was the essentially a dessert fork, like a tiny little dainty fork that you use to spoon suckets into your mouth that you can then <laughs> suck on. Um, so it's around the 1600s where forks start to become a bit more modern in terms of how we see them. So forks with three and, heaven forbid, four tines, if you can believe that. I can't believe <laughs> yeah. it. I can't believe it. But now, now I'm actually just struggling to picture like a modern day fork and actually how many tines it has. <laughs> it's, it's, four. Four. It's, four. it's four. It's always four. If you see someone with a three-pronged fork, you know, give them a bit of side eye. Like, <laughs> what on earth is that? Run. <laughs> what, what, what is that, you medieval hedonist? You um, medieval scholar. So <laughs> so in the 1600s, so we, 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 you know, we, we're speeding through time here. In the 1600s, they're still seen as off. They're still seen as like, oh, I don't know about that fork. Like, if, if you knew someone who used a fork, it's like, Jerry's all right. We like Jerry. <laughs> but it's like, I feel but, like Jerry uses the fork, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, at someone's house and like, you're just going through their drawers like, <gasps> a fork. Yeah, I thought, I thought Jerry was like this type of person. No, no, like he uses a fork. <laughs> it's like getting, having, or, or when you get married to someone and the in-laws like, oh yeah, yeah, no, the dad's cool, but ugh, he uses a fork. And it's like, oh, is it too late to like get the divorce? <laughs> I can't believe I married into this type of family. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of what um, the kind of attitudes were around the 1600s. So in 1605... This is wild that people <laughs> had such strong attitude to forks. Oh. <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. Uh, in 1605, there was a novel written anon- anonymously, as far as we know. Uh, and it has another quote. <laughs> and this quote is wonderful, so I'm just going to quote it. It's talking about the story or whatever, but the quote goes, A mysterious island peopled by hermaphrodites whose behaviour is characterised by theatricality, artifice and falsehood. Sure enough, the hermaphrodites eat with forks. <laughs> what book is this? It's anonymous. I, I, I need to find out what it is, but it was written anonymously. I couldn't find the title. It was just written oh in the same uh, But the rest of the quote goes, uh, falsehood. Sure enough, the hermaphrodites eat with forks, spilling more food than they manage to consume in their pursuit of the new and the unnecessary. Okay. End quote. Um, so it's even like people associating forks with these figures that have historically, or groups of people that have historically been, you know... Looked down upon. Looked or, down upon, yeah, or like prejudiced or, in yeah, some way. Yeah, totally. Um, so, and like another quote... Was, God, people, like nothing's changed. People no, literally use it's actually anything. One of the it's literally the points I've got, one of the points here. Um, but one of the other quotes were that forks were seen as having an, an unsettlingly effeminate aura uh this this was all the way up to the 19th century so you know in the 1800s kind of thing even at this point uh british soldiers ate without forks because it was seen as unmanly to eat with a fork christ which which i think is absolutely incredible uh louis the 14th uh forbade his children from eating with forks because he was like no don't do that we don't do that here (laughs) but like you've just married into it yeah you just had three wheelbarrow three wheelbarrows worth of forks brought into your country the mum's just there with the forks and he just keeps slapping them out of their hands (laughs) every time like a meal comes to the kids he's like no how many times must i tell you don't be like your mother (laughs) be french and it's it's a point you you made like you know like people's it's almost like people's attitudes uh, to something new or to something that they don't understand or for lack of a better word new technology Mm. like 
hundred percent technology. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just a thought, but it's still technology. And the thought I had when writing this or reading this bit, uh, the comparison I made in my mind was when this. And tell me if this is way too left field, but was when hybrid cars started becoming more used when everyone had like a Prius that was a Prius that was a hybrid and there were so many jokes about people so using many jokes it's like lol use a hybrid and so many jokes about Prius themselves yeah and it's just like lol your car destroys the environment way less than my car what a loser kind of thing so yeah. it, that kind of attitude has as we can see has spawned through the ages it's I mean persistent. it sounds like a lot like toxic masculinity to it is because it, it is. feels like the main people who have problems with forks are men yeah and i feel like you know where i'm going with this i don't okay do you not is it that these men who were so against forks were also just very insecure people i mean they were insecure people anyway because they were threatened (laughs) by forks but um all other groups of people who who recognize the value of using a fork women (laughs) people who aren't straight or like aren't like you know you know, aboard a different way. Yeah. Obviously, like, all of these people had all forms of prejudice thrown at them. Are these just, like, really small, insecure men just threatened by the phallic nature of the fork? <laughs> the, the, the fork is not phallic. Of course it it's is. It's not phallic. There's What uh, forks have you seen? <laughs> there's four tines on a fork, mm-hmm. which are essentially, it's four phallic objects. I don't see it that way. But when you were saying all this stuff, it did make me think, like, the ones who drew criticism and the ones who did spread forkage were women. Yes. Was, they were the ones who were bringing it, they were the ones who were using it. So I can kind of see why men back in the day would have been like, oh, a woman's using it, or that is a thing that some dainty little woman princess lady uses to eat her dainty little suckets, and I do not want to be a part of that. And then, like, the other guy, this is, like, honestly, it's just, <laughs> the, the mirrors with today are just unreal. And then you've got the other guy with, like, the Hermaphrodite Island. Mm-hmm. You've got this image of, like, little dainty, but I put yeah. it in my mouth. This is so lovely. <laughs> and then, like, in that quote you said earlier, like, they're shoving it in their mouths, they're missing their mouths, yeah. like the fork. It's like... All of you are just wrong anyway. But it's just like, what? what is it? Is it yeah. like, is it too little and dainty for you? And you like want it rough and like yeah. shove the beef into Once my I mouth. Stab your yeah. still alive. Stab it and like hit my axe with it. Yeah. But then like you're, and it's like, oh God, and now it's messy. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, man. Yeah. It's, it was fascinating to, to read up that that was the attitude to utensil for, you know, a good, 700 years and that's 700 years or, or eight, 800 900 for, say from about the 11th century up until you know basically the end of the 19th century so where are we now of that book then uh well that book was in the 1600s so the 17th century right i believe it was um yeah so the 17th century it started the 17th century is when, when that book was so when these attitudes were still strong about yeah it. so around the 1850s is when people kind of mellowed and where they started to kind of be more accepting of the fork. Because, if you might recall, Louis XIV's cardinal was the one who said, no more sharp knives. And because of yes. no more sharp knives, you no longer had a thing to stab your meat with and bring it up to your mouth. So at that point, people were like, well, a fork, I guess, is kind of useful because now I can bring my meat to my mouth. Yeah. Um, so around 1850s, around the 1800s is where it starts to become a bit more normal. And from then on, fork is now accepted. So it took... 850 years. Wow. But the forks were then accepted. Uh, and a little tidbit whilst I was reading all of this, because whilst reading about all this kind of cutlery stuff, stuff about silverware came up and how it was really posh and how even to this day, silverware is really, really sought after. And I never stopped to think, why? 
What's mm. so special about silverware? Do you know why silverware is so important? I'm going to take a really rubbish guess. Because um, I feel like even the word silverware is probably not the same as what it once was. Silverware has like valuable metal in it. It does. But that's not why it's used for food. So silver has way less reactivity with food compared to every other metal, essentially. It reacts less when you're cooking with it. So if you're cooking with a silver pot, if you're drinking like a liquid from it. A and, silver pot? Well, but you have to remember, this is back in the day before things were clean. Yeah. And so silver was a thing that could, I'm not going to say disinfect your food, but it's the one that would yeah. like, um, it, was safest. Yeah, yeah. it was the safest way to eat things. Uh, using silverware so that's why silverware was so important it doesn't really matter now because we have um running water uh, running water (laughs) no massive help fairy liquid massively recommend running water if you can get it uh so that's how silverware uh, became uh why silverware was so uh, sought after which makes tons of sense so say silver and gold famously is a species we're obsessed with Mm -hmm. for jewelry because it doesn't react it's very, it's not a very unreactive metal. So yeah, that's why we can wear it for jewelry. And then when you have rubbish jewelry from various girlfriends in the past, mm-hmm. that's when you get those horrible like green marks on your hands and ears when you've got weird rubbish metal. I hate it when that happens. Um, so that is essentially the history of the fork. I've got one last uh, bit we're going to go into, which is um, it turns out there was a bit of a rivalry between forks and chopsticks. Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? And so uh, this has been. As, as you've seen, there is plenty of strong opinion about how one should eat their food. Um, and there was one giant-ass quote, this kind of culture war between forks and chopsticks, uh, and general fork criticism that came as a result uh, from forks having a bad historical reputation. Okay. And so there's a quote here, so the most overblown comparison, uh, so this is me reading from the website, uh, comparison between uh, forks and knives. Uh, between forks and chopsticks. This is written in 1970, by the way. So, okay. so we've fast forwarded quite a bit. But this was a guy, Roland Barthes, who was basically a massive supporter of using chopsticks over any kind, other kind of um, utensil. So this is how he describes it. In all these functions, in all the gestures they imply, chopsticks are the, con- are the converse of our knife and its predatory substitute, the fork. <laughs> they are the alimentary instrument... Uh, which refuses to cut, to pierce, to mutilate, to trip. Very limited gestures relegated to the preparation of the food for cooking, e.g. the fish seller who skins the still-living eel for us exercises once and for all in a preliminary sacrifice, the murder of food. And he goes on to say, uh, or, or by chopsticks, food becomes no longer a prey to which one does violence, meat, fish over which one does battle, but a substance harmoniously transferred. They transform the previously divided substance into bird food and rice into a flow of milk maternal. They tirelessly perform the gesture which creates the mouthful, leaving to our elementary manners armed with pikes and knives that of predation. Which is an end quote, which is just a very, very long way of saying this guy felt that knives and forks were so barbaric and violent compared to the use of chopsticks. This is in 1970. (laughs) When you were reading that quote, part of me was like, this is really overdramatic. It is. It's a bit overdramatic for what it's talking about. But, you know, I appreciate the the flowery language of the time. Fantastic. But he kind of has a point. He he does. And I love the idea. Sorry to interrupt you. I love the idea of of that kind of... I like the idea of having a relationship with Mm -hmm. your food as opposed to... It's just like this, like, you know, 
we live in an age where mindfulness is being like really promoted and not having that relationship with your food where you like really enjoy it and taste it and there's a bit more of a connection with it so i can i can see the point of like you know that kind of energy flowing in yeah. chopsticks might or, or like especially in that quote like on paper <laughs> sound way more elegant <laughs> than awesome whereas like i get that he's saying that a knife and fork is like the instrument of murder yeah you're almost like separating the two. So rather than worrying about, rather than you being the person who like killed your food and sliced it up and violently decapitated it and then ate it with your utensils, you are just enjoying the food and left all of the the primitive behavior to the person preparing it. And then they give it to you and you can just elegantly have it, Mm. uh, which is kind of the argument he's making. But then if you were going to follow that logic through, then surely like the best connection with the food would be eating with your hands. Is that opposed to eating knives, forks or chopsticks? I guess so. I mean, I guess this guy's coming from a point of elegance and... Refinery. That kind of thing. I mean, the guy's called Roland. Obviously, he's going to be looking for something refined. And do we know anything about where he's from? Uh, no, just that it was in the 1970s and he was very, very strong on chopsticks. Okay. Um, so I think that's another one to add to the list of people I need to like check up on after St. Peter Damien. I mean, if it's not, as long as it's not cultural appropriation, I'm all for it. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I, yeah, I wonder where where he originates from and how he came to his feelings about this. I mean, he might just be a, a big fan of chopsticks and that's cool. Massively. Um, I mean, I wish I was I wish I was better at using chopsticks. <laughs> I can use chopsticks. I can use chopsticks and I've used chopsticks for a decade, but it turns out I've been doing it wrong for a decade. Oh, yeah. I mean, my one was kind of like the DIY version for like years. <laughs> and then I like watched a video and I've worked out how to do it. Mm-hmm. properly. I can't do it very well, but I know how to do it properly. Yes. I could ju- If it's like anything bigger than... I mean, if it's got a certain weight, I won't be able to lift it. That, interestingly... So these are the last two things that's going to go on. So going on from forks, because I did get interested, I was like, there was a side topic of like, why don't we use chopsticks? Or why were chopsticks so prevalent in Asia and didn't come to like the West or or whatever? Um, no so, marriages, obviously. Hmm? No marriages. No marriages. Just, no forking. Uh, yeah. China, very famously, zero marriage. Don't know if you know that. Because <laughs> zero people are getting married and just having chopsticks all the time. I'm like so absorbent to knowledge that for a moment I was like, really? really? No one got married in China, not once. Um, no, but so so chopsticks. I feel I'm... like sorry to talk to you again. I feel like I'm at my most gullible <laughs> when when we're like on podcast when, when we're when we're educating each other. It's yeah. like, wow. I was like, everything you say is the absolute truth right now. <laughs> so I'll go through chopsticks very quickly, just because I was curious about this. So they date back to 1200 BC. They uh, originated in China in Henan province. Um, they started out similar to how cutlery started in the sense that they were used for like stirring big pots. They were excellent for cooking. Um, and then at some point, uh, the population of China in 400 AD exploded and they had a massive population boom and they were like, we don't have enough food. <laughs> like everyone needs to chill out and stop eating as much. So what happened was they ended up having smaller and smaller portions and smaller portions ended up being chopped up and sliced up and diced out more. And this, it turns out, was perfect for chopsticks. So chopsticks became the primary tool because the cuisine that got served up was primarily chopped up pre-prepared stuff. It was never a giant steak. Mm. It was small things. It was small bits of food chopped up. And the rice that uh, was made and still is made there is normally much more kind of... um, I don't want to say gelatinous, but it's a bit more... It, it sticks more. So it's very easy to eat rice with chopsticks. It's sticky very, rice. Yeah, sticky rice. God, why can't I just say sticky? It, could have been, it would have been <laughs> so, so much It's so gelatinous. Um, but it, it kind of in, in terms of what you're talking about, what Roland was talking about, about it being like less violent to use chopsticks, uh, Confucius himself, 
had a big um, effect on this because he, Confucius was a vegetarian. I mean, I th- Confucius would be a great to do an episode on. <laughs> it would. Um, but, but yeah, but he had a massive impact on this because he was a vegetarian and he felt that sharp utensils reminded people of slaughterhouses. He felt that sharp utensils would evoke violence and warfare and all that kind of stuff. So he felt to be the best people that we can be, to be non-violent, use chopsticks. And Confucius had massive influence. Absolutely. And it is, he is, so partly because of his influence, it proliferated throughout Asia, and which is why chopsticks kind of became the dominant uh, eating utensil in Asia. It's fascinating how much, like, the ideas and culture and just, like, general ideologies of the time mm-hmm. influenced the way that we physically eat food yeah not the food i mean obviously the food itself is affected but also yeah just the way we physically put food into our mouths yeah <laughs> human being i, I it, it it makes you makes you realize sometimes how like far away humans are from just like our base selves which is like get naked and run in a forest you know <laughs> yeah naming no names saint peter damien but oh yeah yeah so so that was chopsticks and the last 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 uh little bonus topic i'll very quickly go through is what is obviously the ultimate final form of the fork. <laughs> Sporks. <laughs> you, you haven't seen my final form! It's just a fork, it's just a fork getting slightly rounder. Um, we should end, end the episode there like an anime. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week to find out the translation to the spork. <laughs> next, next time, time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> but uh, no, I'll very quickly just go through the spork because I realised, apart from a few characters, we, this episode was missing... Like you know, so some eccentric character to, for for me to for me to put all of this around. Okay. And so the one eccentric character besides Saint Peter Damien, who we don't like, um, was a guy called Samuel W. Francis, who was uh, born into New York high society uh, in the eighteen hundreds. Mm. Uh, he was a doctor, a writer, and an inventor, and he had many interesting inventions because. I guess being a doctor and living in New York high society in the 19th century wasn't interesting enough. He was like, you know what? I'm going to invent a load of nonsense. Um, so some of the things that he patented were toothbrushes with rubber bristles. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but that's the thing that he did. Um, a cane with a hidden compartment for bus fare. As in, if you hold, I thought when I read it, I was like, oh, what? So you can hide money in your cane and then give it to a conductor. No, it's like if you were sitting down and a conductor came to get the money, you just point your cane at him and press a little knob at the end of the cane. And at the tip, it would shoot out the money for the bus fare. That's cool. Apparently, it was meant to be so that you didn't disturb your neighbours and you didn't have to get up. But I feel like if you were... I'm just imagining a London bus where you've got one <laughs> person on your left. It doesn't work. And then you're with your walking stick on the right. The conductor comes up to you. It's like you're shoving the walking stick across this person's face. <laughs> and, <back>. it's, <laughs> Here you go. and this is assuming that your aim is right and you're not accidentally shooting pennies at some other person's I mean, head. at the point where you're, you have a walking stick, I worry about your aim. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so so those were some of the things he invented. But then he came up, um... and also, like they, it's not like they didn't have like that many notes in like the eight, like you know the you know going into you know eighteenth century, nineteenth century. Oh, you mean you mean money notes? Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like your walking stick is full of. I think it was. Coins. I think it was coins. I think coins was was more widely. So your walking stick. So you have like your cane, and then at the bottom of the cane was just like a stack of quarters or whatever, and you just. <laughs> point and shoot them. Danny, it's the first Pez. It's the first Pez dispenser. <laughs> well, he patented it. He, I don't think it ever went into production, but he's got I'm the patent I'm not surprised. Um, <laughs> and so, side note, uh, patents, it turns out, are available to view on patents.google.com. Sweet. You can just go to 
patterns.google.com and just type in a thing and see what patents are there. And so I read up this guy's patents and it's fascinating because one, they, they do the whole, you know, intricate, um, uh, diagrams and showing how things work, but they also have to write a description of how it works. And I love it because it is so old timey American. Love it. It's like, um, that, that way of talking. It's like, I do hereby declare. Like, like that's how every pattern starts. If you've got a quote, you've got to read it like that. But no, that's all I read. That's all I wrote down. Just I do hereby declare. I hereby do declare. I do hereby declare. This invention of mine is, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that was that. Uh, and then this wonderful, uh, this is from a Vox article where I got all this from. But again, one of the wonderful quotes from the Vox article was, Samuel W. Francis was an esteemed member of the upper crust of New York, but he was also the type of eccentric who looked at a spoon and fork and thought, that is one utensil too many. And he decided, I'm going to make a spork. And fascinatingly enough, uh, his original patent, because he's got the patent for a spork. He mm. patented it back in the mid 19th century. Uh, but his patent includes it having a knife as well. Get that, Whoa. get your noggin around that. One utensil. One utensil to rule them all. And yeah, so he patented it. It was like, it was like a regular spork, but with a really sharp edge that you could then use for, uh, as a knife. Um, sadly, like all great artists of their time, he wasn't recognized at the time for his inventions. Uh, he was never, it was very esteemed, he was very successful in other ways, but it wouldn't be until like the mid 20th century that someone actually went, I'm going to patent the name Spork or trademark the name Spork and use this. Um, and that's when the Spork came to uh, into existence worldwide. So this this guy later on came up with the name Spork. Someone else came up with the name Spork. It's, mm. It was never confirmed if if Samuel W. Francis came up with the word Spork or ever used the word Spork, but he never used it in the patent. It was he never copyrighted it either. None of that stuff. So some other guy did it. Uh, and that was the journey of the Spork. And last, last, last point I'm going to do is have you heard of other hybrids besides spork? I haven't actually. So I've got I've got the list here. So you have spork, which is a hybrid of spoon and fork. A nork. Right, well, okay, can you say them and then can I guess what they are? <laughs> okay. So a nork. Uh-huh. That's a a nork is a knife and a fork. Correct. A spife. But what does a nork look like? Is it like a fork on one end, a knife on the other end? I don't know. Or like a knife or a knife. Anyway, what's it, the it, next it, one? Um a spife. A spife. Spoon and a knife? Correct. And yes. lastly, a sporf. Uh, <laughs> a, I just said spoon and a knife. Um, a sporf? Is that a spoon, fork, sporf, spoon, orf? What's the orf bit? Fork? It's all three. Oh my God. Knife, fork and spoon. <laughs> sporf. And that is the very abbreviated history of Western utensils with special guest star, the fork. That was absolutely <laughs> incredible. Featuring the fork. The fork uh, cameos by Spork and Chopsticks. And you just like you don't, he never gets the full credit because people hate him so much. But featuring forks, one day he'll make it in the music business. Who knows? I feel like I should, after reading this, I kind of wanted to use a Spork. Uh, spork. I want to use forks more now as if to show I'm okay with this. <laughs> I'm a Satanist. I'm progressive. <laughs> I use a fork. Maybe we should get like... If we start getting merch, we should start getting like t-shirts printed with like a massive fork on them or something being like, I use forks, fork user and proud. Fork type tool. I'm two pronged. Nice. <laughs> get with the times. Oh, come on. That's so good. That's the t-shirt. Get with the times. Get with the times. And it's just a fork with a smiley face. Yeah. <laughs> So if you're interested in that merch, um, follow us at 30 for Knowledge on Spotify and, uh, 
if you have ideas for merch or if we need some correcting or you'd like to say hello, please send us an email at 30 at outlook.com. Danny, that was so interesting. <laughs> I'm glad because, yeah, it was, it was quite fascinating. That is a journey I did not expect. I, d- I didn't expect to th- sympathise with a kitchen utensil. I did not. But that's why I love doing this because it, it takes you to places you just don't <laughs> realise, especially with like these common everyday things. Yeah. Like, I think... You know, the nine circles of hell was great, but the the vacuum cleaner and now the cutlery, <laughs> Western cutlery is yeah. like, if things we just take for granted. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know this much prejudice and hatred could one be directed day, at one utensil. I know. And like the people using them as mm-hmm. well. The, like, it's just, the prejudice is crazy. And like, I imagine there must have been so much like fake news and disinformation. <laughs> attacking women for using forks like you know attacking women for wearing short stream ball games now you know it's just like it's all the same nothing changes bollocks that stupid men invent (laughs) to like keep people down it's absolutely mental and i mean it's 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 wonderful to know nothing's changed (laughs) um (laughs) good thing we've made zero progress it's good thing we've made zero progress but one day you and i will be very good at pub quizzes Mm -hmm. we're going to be amazing at it and, I, and, and let's be honest, that's the whole reason we're doing this. 100%. <laughs> it's, it's not to educate others, it's so that we can... Or hu- it's, it's just so we can hustle pub quizzes in the future. I mean, you can get like solid 50 quid out of a pub quiz. Yeah, I've got no other financial plan, so this is it. Um, Danny, that was a, that was amazing. So thank you so thank much you, for, you for, 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 for uh, bringing that all together. That was, a, that was yeah, fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. Glad to have entertained and, and educated. And I'm, I'm quite hungry now, are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting nervous, but are you still 30 for knowledge? Absolutely. <laughs> <Always>. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm even more 30 now than I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Okay, I think, I think that's it. So thank you everyone for listening. I've been Danny. I've been George. Thank you everybody. And we'll catch you next time. Ta-ta.